I'm a giant when I stand Ballin' like the Jets, startin' Jersey like the Nets To New York like the Mets, yeah I win like the Yanks Like the Pats, fill a check, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah On myself, yeah I bet, yeah I put blood to the switch, yeah From the East to the West, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah This podcast is sponsored by JB Sports and Memorabilia. We love cards and so do they. It just works. Now let's get this show started. The what is up, everybody? It's another edition of G&T Sports Talk presented by Grunt Talks. Julian and I have a very special guest, uh, Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He played with the Cowboys, with the Colts, even was with the Patriots for a little bit. Kicker Martin Gramatica. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. How you doing, guys? We're doing very, very well. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. No problem. I'm excited, man. Talk a little football. Uh, Absolutely. It's always fun. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's get it started. So, I want to start it off with two of your former teammates last night were just announced. They were finalists for the Hall of Fame in 2021. That being safety, John Lynch, who is the 49ers general manager right now, doing a very good job. And Rondé Barber, who is arguably one of the most underrated corners we've ever seen. So my question to you is, how did you feel when you heard that they were finalists? Did you reach out to them? Did, did uh, you send them like a text being like, hey, congrats and everything? And what, how did, what was your reaction? Yeah, absolutely. I reached out to both of them. I mean, they're, they're Ron, I just got a text back from Rondé. I guess I, I, you get busy, you get a lot of texts when you, uh, when you become a finalist. But no, right. it's, a, it's a great group. And one of the things that, I take away from that group is not only that they were hall of famers on the field, they're hall of famers off the field. You know, John Lynch, what he's doing with the 49ers, that general manager is unbelievable. And then you see what Rondé's done in the media and calling games. And, and these are just good quality guys. And uh, for me, they were uh, mentors for me. I mean, I remember coming in the league at the time, you know, Rondé was young, but still up and coming, but young, but already established. And then John Lynch was already a leader on the defense. Um, and obviously we had uh, work done, uh, we had work done when I got there, but uh, Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp, who are Hall of Famers as well. So it was such a good locker room to be a young player because you had all these uh, future Hall of Famers mentoring you. So there was really I, I feel like there was no way to fail when you're in that locker room because they were guiding you in the right direction. Obviously, uh, you got you still got to do your work and you started got to do it yourself. But having those role models helps so much and. Um, and Rondé, and Rondé lives in Tampa, so I run into him all the time, and, uh, and he's such a great guy, great family. Uh, John, obviously, we haven't seen in a while because, you know, he's a little busy with the 49ers, but, uh, but uh, always wishing them the best, and they, they, the thing is, they deserve it. You know, these are guys that put in the time and did it right, and I, I was talking about it on my show today where their work ethic and they work, the way they worked and prepared themselves for the regular season, it's, it was an unheard of back in the day, you know, the, the type of training they did. Now, everything specialized training. Every position trains differently. Back then, they were doing that while everybody else was doing, you know, the uh, the same bench press and leg press, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing that that specialized training. And uh, and that's why, you know, you, you see the the level that they played in, but also the, the durability, you know. For a guy, Rondé Barber is almost my size, you know, and, and for him to play that long 
and and basically play injury free for so long. That's because he took care of his body and know how to do it right. So I'm so happy for both of them. I mean, look, I think it's it, they they need to be in. You know, I'm, I'm I'm tired of seeing John be the finalist and and, and miss it. I'm saying I'm thinking. Maybe it's because last year they knew the Super Bowl was going to be in Tampa. They're like, okay, right. he he was so close last year. They're like, probably let's wait one more year and 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 do it while while the Super Bowl is in Tampa. So it would be so awesome to see both of those guys go in uh, in Tampa. Absolutely, it makes a lot of sense. Super Bowl here, like you said, <laughs> and getting in. Um, now, my next question is: We'll move on to the playoffs this week. A huge, huge game last week, week seventeen. My boy Tom Brady lit it up. Just he played the entire game. And my question to you is I'm sure you heard Chase Young, you know, he's very excited to play Tom. And I love Bruce Arians comments saying, be careful what you wish for, kid, you know. But I think we could both agree. You put on your Instagram story, you posted the offensive and defensive ranks. They're very, very evenly matched. In your opinion, how do you? Th- what's the game plan and what you see for the Buccaneers to beat the Washington football team? Well, I think Bruce Arians is absolutely right. You know, I think kids these age they don't respect their elderly, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening here. <laughs> Chase Young is disrespecting <laughs> a six-time Super Bowl champ. I mean, seriously, if I if I was anybody in the playoffs, I would not want to play the Buccaneers in this offense right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> the thing is. Uh, you know, and, 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 and Washington has to have that confidence and their defense is what's going to get them the wins. You know, they're not offensively, you know, they're not a powerhouse. They don't have the weapons that Tampa does or the Bucks right. do on offense. So they have to talk a little smack and, and, and depend on that defense. But uh, I feel like, you know, Tom Brady played in, I mean, ever, ever since the bye week has played phenomenal football. Right. He put it together a full game because the, 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 the prior weeks, you know, the first game against Atlanta, we only played a good half that with Detroit, he played an amazing first half. So then he set out the second half. So this weekend, this past weekend, he played a phenomenal game offensively. Um, and the weapons are stepping up. I know we, we lost Mike Evan, which he probably could play, maybe will play, but then Antonio Brown has stepped up. Um, Chris Godwin. So I, I feel like Tam- the Bucks have way too much uh, firepower for Washington. And it's it's if the game becomes a defensive battle, one of one full of mistakes, and maybe a touchdown here or there on special teams or a field goal type game, then advantage Washington. But if it's one of those um, where the Bucks can score 21, 27 points, there's no way I don't think the Washington team can keep up with that type of scoring. I agree 100%. I think that um, seeing that, I think Washington's defense is very underrated. Their pass rush is scary. And right. we could both agree, and Julian, you could attest as well, that the Buccaneers' offensive line has been very shaky at times this year. Mm-hmm. And it relies solely uh, Ryan Jensen, who's very, very versatile, plays guard and center. Um uh, was it Malpit? I believe his name is. The Marpet, other- yeah, but you Marpet? know, Tristan Wirth, the, the, the rookie, has had a phenomenal Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah, he hasn't been given great. a sack up in the last 10 games. So, I, you know, and that that's a great point you're making because the, the times that the Bucks have struggled, it has been against really good defense with yeah. good, really good pass rush where Tom Brady hasn't felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. that The key to this weekend um, is making sure Tom Brady's not rushed and has time in the pocket. That's, and that's got to be the priority – that's got to be the message, I think, and I'm sure that's what Bruce Arians is mentioning to that offensive line. 
protect Tom Brady, we win the game. We don't, then we can struggle. I agree with that 100%. We've seen in the past where Brady struggled against the Giants where they've gotten his face. Really, it's going to be a battle of the line of scrimmage for that game. If the Bucs can keep him upright, they'll cruise. If they don't, it might be a little problematic. But I'm going to bring you back in time here. I think you'll be fond <laughs> of these memories. So 2002 was actually the first time I heard about you. If you remember the Backyards Basics video you did, that's actually the first time like I knew who you were. It was a little video with your brother. There was Tony Gonzalez, Tom McNabb, Terrell Davis, Marcellus Wiley, all these great football players. I really enjoyed that. That was my first introduction to you. So I don't even remember it, man. It's been that long. <laughs> yeah, it's a backyard you football have it, DVD. You got to send it to me, man, if you have it so I can see it. Because that's a, you, you mentioned some big names. That I, don't, I don't even know if they remember who we are. <laughs> I got it. I can send you the link or something. I don't know where the DVD is at this point, but that was a really cool experience. But speaking of that, what was it like winning the Super Bowl that year? Because that was a crazy thing. And I was rooting for you guys because as a Jets fan, we beat the Colts that year. I was very young, but I was hyped. Then we lost to the Raiders. I'm like, screw the Raiders. And then the Bucs <laughs> were playing the Raiders. I'm like, yes, the Bucs pounded the Raiders. Let's go. I'm like, let's go Bucs. Nice. So I was really happy to see you win that game. So my question is, what was the experience like? What was the celebrations like? Like, what a feeling that must have been to be the kicker on a winning Super Bowl team? Oh, no, it was – I mean, when you start the season, every coach has goals, and you always have the goal, obviously, to win the Super Bowl or get as far as you can in the playoffs. Uh, but when when we started kind of cruising and, – and, and, and I'm not saying cruising in a uh, – cocky matter where we're like everything was easy when when we felt the confidence and we felt like we were putting something special together and like I was saying earlier that group of guys that I mentioned the hall of famers and in that locker room that was such a a close-knit team we all cared about each other we all played hard for each other we had you know our quarterback Brad Johnson I had just come to the team a year prior and and he was you know the leader on the offense uh Gruden brought a little spark to that offense and ignited a little bit um, you know, we have Mike Allstad, who's a beast. Um, so then, and then obviously the defense was the number one in the league. That that was by far um, the best defense I've ever seen. I mean, those guys were unbelievable. Yeah, that, that, team. that Super Bowl game, I mean, uh, the Raiders couldn't do anything. There was no chance because our defense, and it didn't, it didn't hurt that Gruden had been the coach the year before and knew the whole offense. But either way, I don't think, our, I feel like our Super Bowl was Philadelphia. You know, once we got past Philadelphia, we felt like it didn't matter who came, who made the Super Bowl, we were going to win that game. So uh, the experience was amazing, you know, just to to be able to enjoy that with with my teammates, family. Uh, the celebration, obviously, at the hotel was great just to have all these guys together and 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 just all that work you put in and, and all that hard work that you, you start in mini camps, you start in the OTAs. And now all of a sudden you're a Super Bowl champion. It's, it was kind of like surreal, but it's uh, it's hard to look back and remember like details because everything happens so fast. And you're right. as a player, you know, you're so focused and tense on, on doing your job that you can't really enjoy it. And that's why I always said I wish players could get a chance to go back to a, to a second Super Bowl where maybe you could sit back. Not that you don't take it as serious, but that second time around, you may be able to uh, enjoy it just a little bit more because mm-hmm. the stress of being the first one. And the message by Gruden was amazing because he's like, look, do not waste this opportunity. You may not get it again. So it wasn't, you know, I was young. I was my fourth year. But you look at some guys that had played 10, 12, 13 years and never gotten to one. And you're thinking like, man, it's not that easy to get here. So let's make sure we win it. And then we will we'll figure out how to remember later. But let's not let's not lose track of why we're here. 
Right. I remember that too. And you guys pounded the Eagles. I remember watching that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, Bucks are looking good. I'm like, I think they're going to be all right here. So that was a great perspective. I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. Yeah. And that, well, that Eagles, you know, you talk about Rondé Barber, that interception that, that sealed the deal. That's, that's an iconic interception. I mean, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll remember that interception. Like it was mine, you know, like the, him <laughs> running on the feet uh, to the, towards the end zone and pointing, you know, doing the, the look at my name, you know, like, yeah, because that right there, when he started doing that, we knew we were going to the Super Bowl. That was that that sign that we got this. Oh, I'm you know what? Watching that too, because after um last week when I uh, interviewed you with Nathan last week, I watched it and just that game. In my opinion, you guys were just unstoppable that game. There was literally the swagger was there. Nobody was getting in your way, and everything worked out. And the one thing that I do like about the Bucks, you know what? It's just it seems to me that they're a very, very good organization. Anybody who's been on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nobody says anything negative about them. They love the city. I mean, who wouldn't? The city of Tampa is one of the most beautiful places in the world. And you know what? We live Michael? in paradise. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Paradise. All year. Miss it. What's up, GNT Nation? Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel yet? Subscribe to us at Grunt Talks MLB. Once again, that's Grunt Talks MLB. You could also catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now back to the show. What do you think um, about Mike Evans? I'm going to go back to Mike Evans. Um, in your opinion, if you were a coach, would you play him this week or would you have him sit out this week? Ooh, that's a great question. The thing is, you know, you don't want to overlook Washington and say, okay, let me save him for next week because if you don't play well and you, you know, Washington, these guys are professionals as well. You know, you can't just say, well, they snuck into the playoff at, at six right. and 10. They, they don't deserve to be in the playoff. They're, they, they had a losing record. Um, Bruce Arians met, said it perfectly. They're a four and one team with uh, Alex Smith at quarterback. So they're a good team with him at quarterback. So you can't, so if he's healthy and he can help you win the game, I play him. And if you feel, if you feel like he's going to be productive, you got to play him. You can't, when you get to the playoffs, you can't look at tomorrow because there is no tomorrow if you lose. So you've got to, and then, and then if for some reason, you know, he plays and then he can't play the next week, then you worry about the next week, but there will be no next week if, if you need him and you don't, you don't use him. So uh, if he's healthy, He's definitely even if you use him as a decoy, you know, it's, it's Mike yeah. Evans. You know, you when you put Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown on the field, who do you double team? So, you know, somebody's going to have to get double team and, and open up space for the other guys. So, I, if he's healthy and I can see that he can run, I play him. Absolutely. And listen, uh, knowing Mike a little bit and and seeing how tough he is, I don't know if Bruce Arians can keep him off the field if he can run. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now I'm going to stick with the Buccaneers, of course. Um, now, in your opinion, from what you're seeing now, is they're all clicking. The defense is starting to really play well. In your opinion, I'm going to bring this up. You know, there's a guy who's a free agent at the end of this year. His name's Levante David. And I am personally one of the biggest fans of Levante David. Um, in your opinion, do you think the Buccaneers will do anything and everything possible to uh, keep him? Oh, I think they should. I mean, he's been definitely, like you said, he's been definitely the most underrated linebacker in the league in his whole career, just because the team hasn't won and we haven't really been uh, on, on prime time. So I think that's what's happening. You know, a lot of times, he's, you know, nobody, they, other cities or areas haven't heard of him because he, we haven't been on prime time, but he's, 
that perfect match for Devin White in the, in, in, at the linebacker position. So you've got to do whatever you can. Um, you've got to do whatever you can to uh, to lock him up for sure. Absolutely. And um, I am going to tell you this, Chris Godwin, a free agent too. I, 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 I don't know if you remember how I'm a big uh, Patriots fan. And I'm just going to tell you this, I'm going to be literally during free agency begging tweet. I, I've done this before. I've tweeted the Patriots, please sign this guy. I think Chris Godwin would be the perfect guy. And it's a Bill Belichick type <laughs> move to take a weapon away from Brady after he left the Patriots. I think it's a uh, Belichick move. It really just. Well, listen. If, if Tom Brady was able to get Antonio Brown signed to the Bucs, mm-hmm. uh, trust me, he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure if, if, if Brady's back next year that uh, Chris Godwin gets signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Yeah, it. I mean, I'm sure Belichick will try to take some of those weapons away if they come available because he saw what. But at the end of the day, if you don't have Tom Brady, those weapons, yes, they're great. But look what happened in New England, you know, without Tom Brady. So, uh, you know, and, and you can't say that Cam Newton was at fault for everything that happened in New England. You know, they, they had a lot of issues that nine guys opt out. And when you talk to a lot of experts, if Tom Brady was the quarterback in New England, those guys wouldn't have opted out, you know, because nobody wants to let Tom Brady down. So uh, Tom Brady did affect the Patriots just because his pres- his pre- not being present made these guys opt out. So uh, I feel like Belichick's going to try to get back at him a little bit and take some of his weapons if he can. Oh, I uh, if, and you and you play with Bill Belichick too. You said, and I'm gonna, you know what, real quick, I'll ask you to, uh, I, you what you told me, tell Julian about how what it was like to play with uh, for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, even though it was for a short amount of time. Yeah, no, I was there, uh, uh the whole off season, and and I left New England becoming a bigger New England. I wasn't a fan before, I wasn't like, I can't say I'm a fan, but I, I, I appreciated it. I, you respected what they were doing. But when I left after uh, six months, I spent the whole off season and then um, training camp and then, um, and then one preseason game. Uh, I left there being uh, the biggest Tom Brady fan just because the way he respects everybody, he's the first one in, last one out super humble because he had already won some Super Bowls. So it wasn't like he hadn't won yet. So he had Super Bowls under his ring, uh, Super Bowl rings. And, uh, and he was such a great guy. And then Belichick, he's a perfectionist. I, I remember we lost a preseason game and you would have thought we lost the, the Super Bowl. He was right. dissecting every single play, every player, every mistake. And I, I always would think, I'm like, man, can you imagine losing a regular season game or even a, a playoff game? This guy, I mean, you—you you can't get. He—he didn't—he didn't discriminate either. He would go after every player. It wasn't like there were no favorites there. If you made a mistake, he was gonna let you know. So, um, so I can understand why they had that dynasty for so long. But you can't have that dynasty without Tom Brady, though. There's no question that Tom Brady, was, to me, was the biggest factor. And the other thing is because he was never greedy. He never had the ego where I got to be the highest-paid quarterback, even though I'm the best. He. He understood that taking less money, you could sign better players around you and build a better team. So that, to me, is the reason why he's so great. He wasn't He was about winning football games and winning rings, not about cash. That's a great point, and that was a nice behind-the-scenes look for why the Patriots are so good. I know it irritates me as a Jets fan, but I respect <laughs> what they've done. Brady, I always remember, would take the pay cuts. That was a big thing, and it really did help them. And he was really unselfish for a while. I think he just right. got a little sick of it after 20 years, maybe. I don't fully know what happened, obviously, but it just seems like he wants to move on. And he's doing pretty well right now. So, so far, so good for him. We'll see what happens. And Absolutely. 
Speaking of Chris Godwin, I would love to have him. I'm sure any team would love to have Chris Godwin if the Bucs let him go because he's so talented. But it's going to be tough because I don't know why the Bucs would let him walk unless it's just like money issues. But we're going to have The only way. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's the only way. The, the only way uh, he's not a Buccaneer next year is if, if, if financially salary cap, there's no room. And Chris Godwin is going to demand and expect top-notch dollar, you know, uh, top elite receiver money so that would be the only issue is if the bucks can't you know match what he wants uh salary cap wise he's definitely earned it and speaking of other teams what was your favorite stop besides tampa bay because i know tampa bay is very special to you but i see you were with dallas you were with new orleans yeah no um obviously like i said tampa bay's home for me but out of all the other teams that i played for i really enjoyed playing in dallas um I like, and I play for Bill Parcells, not for Wade Phillips. Let me, let me make that clear. So I, I'm not a big guy. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm not a, uh, yeah, no, I'm not a big Wade Phillips fan. No, um, but no, Bill Parcells brought me in, you know, with six or seven games left. And um, I loved it. The city was great. They, they treat you right. And then the, the organization, I always say, you know, when you, when you sign somewhere mid season, you got to go get an apartment, get a hotel, get a car. So there's a lot of distractions with Dallas. Automatically, they had a place for us to stay, a car. And you're like, look, you just focus on kicking, focus on playing. Obviously, then you got to go find a place to stay, but not right away. So you had a couple of weeks to kind of settle in. And I would love the city. The people there were great. So I, I really enjoyed Dallas. You know, that's the one thing that people don't talk about a lot. These athletes are always moving around with trades and everything. Everyone just thinks it's easy to pack up your life and go from place to place. But it's definitely got to be very difficult. And I think you basically hit it on the head. But, like, what are some of the biggest challenges of adjusting to a new city so quickly? And when you just have to go and all that and, like, saying goodbye has to be tough, like, to your former teams and everything. Like, it's a business, I understand. But everyone has feelings, obviously, at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that's definitely the toughest. When you leave a locker room that you have a lot of friends. And when I left Tampa, I had a ton of friends on the team. I had been there six years. So that was by far the hardest uh, breakup, I would say. You know, because when I left there, I was devastated. Uh, luckily, uh, Tony Dungy picked me up the next week. So I was got back into it. So it wasn't like I was sitting at home uh, hoping that I could play, you know. Uh, so that was that was fine. But then, um, and then yeah, then moving around with, with family, you know. It, 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 when I started jumping from team to team, I had already had kids, you know, my my youngest, uh, my, I'm sorry, my oldest, when we were driving to New England, he was two weeks old. And, you know, you put him in a car for whatever, because you, you gotta, when you get there, you have, you have to have a car, it's the off season. Right. And then when I signed with Dallas, I went to the workout and I didn't even come home because they signed me right away. So I had to call my wife, look, I'm getting signed. I'd never expected to get signed because they had Vanderjack, the highest kicker in the league at the moment. And Parcel said, no, we're going to cut him and sign you. I had no idea. I didn't even want to go to the workout because I told him, I said, why waste my time? Oh, wow. It's during, it's during Thanksgiving time and my birthday. So I'm like, look, <laughs> I, have a, I have a newborn at home and you have the highest paid kicker in the league. The chance of you signing me are slim. And I kept arguing with a girl. I said, when is my return flight? And she wouldn't give me the flight. She said, no, you don't have a return flight. We'll get you that one after the workout. Wow. And I argued with her. And finally, I ended up agreeing to go, <laughs> which I guess is a good thing I did. And then uh, when they signed me, though, so as soon as I'm signed, I call my wife. The next morning, she's on her way to Dallas with my son and my brother driving, you know, uh, driving to Dallas. And then we spent the rest of the season there. So it's really it, when we look at it from from afar, you know, you, you think a trade is like like a like a little uh, puzzle piece, you know, where you just move. But it's really difficult. Yeah, you have families, you have kids. A lot of times. If the kids are in school and they're older, you can't move them. So the player has to go by himself. I mean, mm -hmm. Cam Newton sacrificed that this year. He, they, you know, he had a, 
kept his family in Carolina because his kids, you know, and 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 wife or were or I don't know if he's mayor or not, but his kids were and he didn't bring them with him. So that's a huge sacrifice to miss your kids or be away from your kids for like six, seven, eight months. So uh, these players do a lot, sacrifice a lot. And I understand you're, you're compensated well, you're in the limelight, you're playing that professional sport, but sometimes we can't forget that they're human as well. Absolutely, 100%. And that was a great question, Julian, by the way, it really was. Um, I'm going to stick with Dallas. And literally after we stopped talking the other day, I watched that clip of when you were in Dallas and you kicked the game winner. And <laughs> literally Tony Romo on that drive was literally lethal. He was just really making plays and literally I'm watching Tom Coughlin. And for me being a Patriots fan, Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning to me, just make my, my skin. (laughs) So uh, literally seeing um, Tom Coughlin on the uh, opposite side. So pissed. And when you can't literally, it was perfect. Literally. And, and I used to, one thing I do want to say is I love when you kicked a a field goal, your excitement. That's what I love. I love you see, uh, Justin Tucker, and I know who you said is the best kicker in the NFL, Julian and I both agree. I love Tucker. We both, uh, when Justin Tucker does it, he's a pretty funny guy. He does like his opera stuff. But when he kicks it, literally, he could kick a 66-yarder like it's nothing. But I I like when you uh, get really excited. I love seeing kickers who just get really, during a big kick, just go nuts. Because some kickers are just like, oh, I just want a game winner. It's really a yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, come on now. Like, I don't just, understand that. I never understood that. Like, you literally, yeah. you literally against the Giants kicked the game winner, and you went nuts. And I literally loved it because everybody in the Meadowlands is just like, "Wow, this happened." And but, oh yeah, my on, uh, my question to you is: with that, is what was going through your mind during that kick when you were uh, getting warmed up, and you're like, "Oh, this game's gonna come down to me." We're just like, "All right, I got this." Well, that, that's, that's a great question because that was my first kick or first game winner as a dad. So, oh, wow. I, like I, I was telling you guys, I, I my wife and my brother had drove with my son to Dallas. So, they were in Dallas, obviously, because we were playing in New York. And I said, I got to make this kick. I want to go home and be able to enjoy this with my son. And in one day, show him the video and say, look, this was my first kick as a dad. So, that's all I can remember is me telling myself, I got to make this kick. Or Nico, which was my son. I, I got to make it. I got to make it. And I just kept, and you can see it in the video where I'm talking to myself a lot, of, you know, like kind of like tennis yep. players do when they get mad. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm telling myself, Hey, just relax. You got to make this. You got to, there was no way I could miss that kick. Cause I wanted to go home. And cause the other thing too, if I missed that kick, I was calling my wife, Hey, pack the bags. We're heading back to Tampa. So <laughs> it, was, it was one of those where look, Bill Parcells had just signed me on Wednesday. He was going to cut me on Sunday if I missed that kick. So, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. so yeah, so it was one that I, I had to make for my son, but also for my career. <laughs> and it was a great one, too. Now, this is a, a double question, actually. Did, have you shown your son that clip? And when you made that kick, what was Bill Parcells' reaction to you? Because I know he – Bill Parcells is like a is like Belichick. They're bu- literally right. – they don't show a lot of affection unless they win the Super Bowl. That's – but did he no. like, embrace you at all? Yeah, no, it was great. Well, first, I, yeah, I did show my son, and, uh, and and he gets excited. And all my kids – and they all – that my middle one wants to be a kicker. My older one is a really good soccer player, but he won't eventually, he may want to start kicking as well. So oh, when nice. they see that, they get excited. Uh, 
But with Parcells, it was great because in the locker room, he'd come up to me and like tap me on the shoulder. And he's like, this is really all he said. And then smiled. But he's like, yeah, you made me look good today, kid. And then just kind of kept walking. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that took a lot of guts from him to fire the highest paid kicker in the league, which was not kicking well. But at times when you spend and invest so much money in a player, you have to let them walk, work through a slump. And in this case, he released Vanderjack and signed me. I, like I said, I, I think I, I signed on a Wednesday. My first practice with the Cowboys was like uh, either Thursday or, and then Friday. I said I only had two practices with the team and, and not a lot of reps with Romo holding because he had when he started the season, he was a backup. So he, that's why he was a holder. And now he had become the starter. So it wasn't like I had him available to take a lot of reps with him. So it was really uh, crazy that, that, you know, I, I mean, thank God it went through because it's a great memory and, uh, and I kept my job a little bit longer. There you go. Absolutely. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. Follow us on Twitter at Grunt Talks NFL, Instagram Grunt Talks Team. Again, Twitter Grunt Talks NFL, Instagram Grunt Talks Team. Now back to the show. Well, who do you got in the Super Bowl? What's your prediction? Okay, How, what are we okay. thinking for this postseason? I got any X factors, any teams we should sleep on, any players we should look out for, even any kickers? What are you thinking? <laughs> no, I'm thinking, obviously, uh, I got to go Bucks. you know, anytime. I mean, the, 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 the first hurdle was to get in. Now you've got the GOAT in the playoffs as your quarterback. I mean, how can you not say Buccaneers in the Super Bowl? And I think on the uh, AFC side, it's hard to go against uh, Patrick Mahomes. I know they, I know they didn't look great towards the end but man when I watched that game live here in Tampa because I do the the Bucks Spanish radio and so we, I was at the game with the Chiefs uh Bucks to watch him on TV is one thing and to watch it live and and I remember one play specific that he's backpedaling maybe like 10 to 15 yards and then throws the ball 20 yards on a rope where that just shouldn't be humanly possible to do yeah. and and he puts it on the money so it's like when he's on it's almost impossible to stop and it's almost impossible to defend. So it's hard to go against the chiefs, um, but you you know, you have a, other great teams out there. I mean, green Bay, that's the one team I do fear in the NFC uh, for us bucks is if we have to go to green Bay in, in the bad weather, you know, because Aaron Rodgers obviously is playing at a pro bowl or a pro bowl. He's already pro bowl, but uh, MVP level and he struggled against the Bucks. So that's, an, that's not a guy that you want to face that, you know, because, Definitely wants revenge on you because we the, after that first quarter the Bucks made him look silly. I mean he that was his worst game of the year, and that was our best game of the year. So it's hard to duplicate that, especially with an angry Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't want to see that. Uh, but I think if everything works out great for the Bucks, I think Bucks Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I like that prediction a lot. I'm agreeing with the Chiefs 100%. Um, I'm rooting for the Bucs since we're going to be down in Tampa. It would be very fun if the Bucs made it. So I really do want to see them make it. And I'm hoping for the best. But the Packers, like you said, they're going to be formidable. Uh, Saints with Drew Brees, I don't, we don't really think Brees has that much left. I think you, I don't think the Saints are going to make it. I, Seahawks, I don't want them to because we have their draft pick. But they're definitely in play as well, I think. Rams and Bears, I'm not really seeing it with them too much. Well, Washington football team, I think you guys will take care of. So, right, no, that, I agree. I think, I think uh, Green Bay, obviously, that's why they have the uh, first run by and be, having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That's going to be very difficult. Um, I'm not saying New Orleans won't if you if you got a chance to go play in New Orleans, but I do agree where Drew Brees after the rib injury, he hasn't looked as good as he did towards the middle of the year. So. Um, but you never know with that guy, he gets high and then it's over, you know. So and he's getting yeah. some of his weapons back too. They're getting healthy. That's another thing. Absolutely. 
Um, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I actually, I'm cheering for the Bucks too. The other day I did a video on our, uh, um, our social media about me uh, wearing my Brady Patriot jersey. And I haven't worn that jersey in over a year because a few days ago, it was a year since Tom Brady's last game. And it's been a pretty emotional couple of uh, months since, uh, since I lived down in Tampa and see him everywhere I go, every, on every billboard, every store. So I had to go. And you know what? I'm always going to support Tom Brady no matter where he goes. And I'm cheering for the Bucks. And listen, I agree with you, Martin. I think that the Buccaneers are scary right now. When you have the GOAT, listen, Tom Brady, and, and listen, he hates being called that too. And <laughs> But that's what he is. He's the greatest of all time. And listen, I tell everybody this. And when Chase Young said this, I even said, listen, don't give Tom Brady motivation. Don't, don't right. do it. Just be quiet. Quiet. Yeah. Just, just, just be quiet <laughs> and cool. go out and just play because – what he just did is he just gave Tom Brady extra motivation because Tom Brady doesn't already doesn't need enough motivation. So on Sunday, in my opinion, do I think that the Washington football team's defense is underrated? Absolutely. Their pass rush is the best in football. But Tom Brady gets that ball out quicker than anybody in the NFL, in my opinion. Right. He get, but I think that Bruce Arians is going to have a plan. I think that Byron Leftwich is really a guy who is underrated as an offensive coordinator, really works well, was a very good player too. Right. I think that helps him, you know what, call a play. Oh, I would have done this, Tom. So I think that on Sunday, I'm just – I'm excited for the Bucks. You know what, I wish I could go to a game. Unfortunately, <laughs> we can't. Uh, but, yeah. Um, well, that you know, that's what happens when you're young. You know, Chase Young doesn't understand. You don't poke the bear. Nope. And, and he just did. You know, you had, you had a little fuel to that fire. And that, the, the last thing you want to do is upset Tom Brady in the playoffs. You know, <laughs> oh, I, I, they should have gone the other way. They should have just said, oh, Tom Brady's the best, Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. And then maybe maybe you get the, a nice Tom Brady. But now you get an upset or one that <laughs> wants to prove something to you, you're in trouble now. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of my last questions to you is you do the Spanish announcing play-by-play for the Buccaneers. Yes. What's it like to do that? Because that's something personally I want to do. I can't speak Spanish. I can speak a little <laughs> bit, not the mess, but uh, um, play by play for the NFL. And you know what? Since I'm here in Florida, and I love Tampa, by the way, since I'm fr- we're both from New Jersey, moved down here with my wife uh, a few months ago, love it. But what what's it like being a play by play announcer? Oh, well, I don't do the play-by-play. I do the color. The play-by-play okay. is so hard because our play-by-play guy went to the bathroom and I had to do two plays and I started sweating, started freaking out. I'm like, really? Man, this is hard <laughs> because, because you, you've got to describe it. You know, yeah, you, I, our voice has to be the, uh, because it's radio, it has to be the listener's eyes. So we have to, desc- it's not like when you're watching on TV where you can have a little pause and a little mm-hmm. silence here. It's got to be on. And, it, and so, no, I'm not play-by-play, but uh, <laughs> no, but the color commentator, it's so much fun. It, it it made me feel part of the team again because, you know, when, when I wasn't doing it, I was watching the games, but I wasn't into it every weekend because my kids play soccer and I'm always on, I'm always on, I'm always playing, you know, traveling somewhere for a tournament. So I'm keeping up with the team, but I'm not like die hard every single stat or every yeah. single second. Now doing the games, obviously going to every home game, traveling some of the away games this year, we couldn't because of the, the, the pandemic, but I mean, right. in the past, the first year we went to every away game. So, it's been awesome. And the, the, the thing is, 
it is great that we work for Buccaneers radio because I'm a homer. I'm not, I'm not, you know, so it's not like, it's not like we're working for a neutral station where you have to be neutral and, and, and not be able to get excited. Um, I mean, it's to the point where I'm such a fan that I slipped up and uh, almost, uh, almost, well, I said about three quarters of a cuss word in Spanish, you know, when uh, Mike Evans got hurt <laughs> on accident. <laughs> so that, that's, that, that was just a fan in me slipping and I caught myself toward the end, but you should see Carlos, the play-by-play guy, his eyes got big and like, I can't believe he just said that. And I said, I, I'm hoping nobody's listening, but I know they are. <laughs> um, my last question to you, I'm going to go back to Tom Brady and forgive me. I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a big Brady guy. When he came to Tampa, did you like reach out to him and like, have you seen him since he's been in Tampa and he's like, Hey, Martin, what's up, man? Haven't seen yeah, you. Yeah, we went we went jet skiing the other day with him. No, no, I'm no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I never, I never had contact when I left uh, when I left New England. I never had contact with uh, with Brady. So no, I, and we would have had you know locker room access and interview access if right. it was a normal year. And that's one of the things I said when we signed Tom Brady. I said, what a shame that we get Tom Brady. And we can't get a proper, you know, ceremony or oh, a proper, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, uh, the press conference. You know, it had to be a Zoom thing. And it was like two to, a week or two later. And then it, even bigger shame is him running out of the tunnel as a Buccaneer. And we don't have a full stadium to cheer on. I, I remember right. being at the beach with some friends. And as soon as they found out that Tom Brady may be coming or was coming, everybody started calling the ticket office trying to buy tickets. So that's what it, that's what he did for Tampa. I mean, it was automatic as soon as uh, the word was that he was coming the, the ticket sold out unfortunately because of the pandemic you know not a lot of people could go see him live but but it's crazy what he did for the city and and for the team and the expectations were super high and he's he's meeting him right now obviously the, and the thing is this guy had so much pressure because the buck fans could care less about how many rings you won with the patriots you know mm-hmm. the buck fans they don't care that you have six rings with a pay because if he was in New England and he had an off year or he had a bad year, all he had to do is put his hand up and, you know, show him the six rings. And then the Patriots fans had to shut up. I mean, there's really no way you can criticize them here in Tampa. You know, the fans were a little bit because when we lost the first game and he didn't look so well, it was like, man, some people were calling back from Jameis. I'm like, well, relax. You know, it's just the first oh. game, you know, but, but now, you know, he's met the expectations, got us in the playoffs, which was that first step. And then and, and hopefully, you know, we, we get the, the second ring here in Tampa because that would be amazing to have our, our you know, play. You know, can you imagine? Because Tom Brady's pretty much broken or, or, or tied or broken every NFL record. And it would be great for him to be the first guy to win a Super Bowl in his home stadium. Absolutely. It would really be some story. And that's been a big challenge this year just for us, too. Like, we've had a lot of great opportunities speaking with people like you, thankfully. And we do want to graduate and hopefully get those press passes soon and be able to get into the stadiums again once they allow people (laughs) to do that. And I'll briefly explain what we do a little bit. So let me get out of the way. That's our logo. This is our company, Grunt Talks MLB. Nice. We got recruited by Darren Klein. We do football stuff baseball stuff we have videos articles blogs um card shops and everything we're just trying to take it to the next level we follow you on the accounts too and i also sent you the um backyard dvd thing on my personal instagram you want to check oh cool i'll check it out hey listen i'm gonna definitely hit you guys up then when baseball season starts because i had i i do a a tv show you know uh monday through friday absolutely and baseball baseball is now one of my strengths so i know oh i got love to help you 
you know, I got the football covered. I, I, I love soccer, so I got that covered. And then Ruth is a huge uh, basketball fan, so she's got the basketball covered. So uh, baseball, we don't have any expertise there, so we may oh. have to hit you guys up. <laughs> oh, listen, we would love to help you with that. And I'm just going to tell you this. Julian is an expertise in baseball. I'm, oh, I'm the football you. guy. Both do we football both and baseball. So uh, when baseball comes along, anytime you need help on your show, we would be glad to help you. We would be honored yeah. to help you. Yes, I know absolutely. baseball so much. I know baseball so much that uh, my, you know, my first year playing little league as a kid, you know, I didn't play much, but <laughs> they put me in third base. I throw hard, but I, I thought that as soon as every time I caught the ball, I had to throw it the first. It didn't matter how many guys were on base. I didn't know baseball. I was a soccer player. So <laughs> finally they're like, look, you can run fast, go to the center field and just catch every <laughs> part. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I, I love the outfield because I like to run, you know, in the infield, you just sit there, you know, I love being in the outfield. I would, I would try to cover all three sides, you know, right and left field as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun. I miss playing and we can absolutely help you. We also know a lot about Tampa Bay since we play them 20 times a year. So we could definitely get you some absolutely. knowledge on that. Awesome, man. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you for even, even thinking of us. That, that's yes. an honor. Thank you so Honestly, much. We're, we're so happy right now. We appreciate everything. <laughs> no, no problem, man. Anytime. So Martin Gramatica, thank you so much for coming on, taking time out of your day. And all I'll say is, Go Bucks! Raise I don't know the hashtag. I think it's raise the flag or something raise like the that. Flag. Yeah, you know the uh, raise, <laughs> yeah, raise the flag. And, and uh, Brad Johnson started a little thing with all the players, so we're all uh, doing little videos about it. So yeah, that's uh, that's it. Raise the flags. Let's let's do it. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it, and you, and we yes. will most definitely be in touch. Thank you so much, guys. This was awesome. Appreciate that. Good luck with everything. Thank you, you so much. All right. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. You too. It was a great interview. And Julian, it's just me and you now. And boy, I'll tell you this. What a way. You know, he needs help in baseball. What a better way to get me and you on it. So, I mean. <laughs> I'm not expecting that at all. But there's a, uh, there's an in in Tampa for us. I'm so definitely down. I know so, you are too. So, absolutely. Both of us know baseball. And we're going to help Martin Gramatic out definitely once baseball season comes. So, Julian, let's end it the most proper way, brother. Go ahead. So, Grunt Talks MLB is the website like we talked about. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, is GNT Sports Talks presented by Grunt Talks. It's where you find our audio. Our YouTube channel is Grunt Talks GT Sports, where you can find all our latest videos. Twitter is Grunt Talks NFL, which has now changed, and Bobby is in full control of that. And then Instagram is still Grunt Talks Team. My personal Twitter is Julian Glardy one My personal Instagram is Julian Glardy 11 Bobby, take it away, brother. Thank you so much, brother. So my personal Twitter is btompson81. My personal Instagram, bobbytompson81. Like Julian said, Grunt Talks NFL is, is new. The past few days, we, we changed it. We made a football page on Twitter. I'm going to be taking care of that wall. We all have control. I'm going to tweet a lot about it. So anything I tweet on my personal with football news, it's going to go on that account as well. So, guys, thank you so much. As always, great interview with Martin Gramatico, Super Bowl champion. Literally just made our day, definitely. And you, like Julian said, catch all of our content on grunttalksmlb.com. Catch us on iTunes, Spotify, everything. We are all there. Brother, it's always a pleasure. We got a lot to go. Look forward to the rest of the week, and we will see you soon, brother. Yeah, we got that playoff preview right now, basically. Yep. It's next up. We'll be there right then, and let's get it going, brother. Let's do it.